Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. Welcome to the live Q&A with yours truly. Hope y'all are well. I know it's been a while. I looked at my videos. I was like, man, I ain't posted a video in six days. I was like, man, this is unlike me. So I said, let me make sure I get back on this right away. But for those who's been uh, or who, those who are watching for the very first time, my name is Josh. Rez, also, as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help make sense in life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe, go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who've been rocking me for a long time, whether you've been subscribed for 13, 14 years, or you've been subscribed for a few minutes, I want to say thank you so much uh, for trusting what God has entrusted to me. And I pray it continues to be treasure to you. But as everyone's coming in, that's getting their questions ready, let me just let you guys know about some things I got going on. First off, I'm doing one-on-one -on -one coaching again. If you would love to meet with me or would love for me to coach you one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's relationships, spiritual development, uh, helping you maximize your singleness, discover your purpose, branding, market, all that good stuff. If you feel that I would be a good resource to you, feel free um, to contact me on my website, imunplugged.com. For those watching me live on YouTube, man, you can check it out. The link is in the uh, chat box, description box, all that good stuff. And I look forward to serving you. Also, make sure you check out my latest book, The Wholeness Journal. Are you whole enough to hold? It's a great book that we process. If you're able to hold the important things in life, had a cough drop. Anyway, to help you process whether or not you're able to hold the most important things in life. So check out that resource there. Also, a brand new card game. The first one who spell whole wins. It's a great, great resource for you all to really process what it means to be whole and hold the things in life. So I think I got some questions here already. Let's see what we got. Jennifer, girl, what's going on? Hey, coach. I pray all is well. All is well. Thank you. Thank you. A ghetto flower says, hey, coach. Always a blessing catching your lives. It's a pleasure. I'm glad that you're able to catch me live. B. Ramirez. Hello from Houston, Texas. Blessings. Blessing you too. So I'm going to let you guys and gals get y'all's uh, question, questions typed out. Give an opportunity as, as, as y'all guys are doing that. Also, you can check out my other book, The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? A great book to help you really maximize and understand what your singleness is all about. Also, my other book called Dating Prep, How to Date God, Date Yourself and Become Dateable. So you can date the love of your life forever. Also, a great card game to go with that. But this game, this uh, book has a ton of questions to either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right relationship. So I pray that that book's a blessing as well. If you're struggling with soul ties and stronghold, make sure you check out my book, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties, Uproot Strongholds. Great book and resource there. If you have questions about discernment, whether or not this man is the man you, for you, the woman for you, or job, advice, whatever, this book, Counterfeit of Counterparts, is a great resource for you as well. Also, check out my uh, wife and I's children's book, As He Says, As is for the Students I Serve, as well as our Spiritual Warfare book, How to Win the War Within. This book helps you understand what the whole armor is and how to war in the spirit realm. I think we got some people here now. Miss Reynolds says, hey, should Christians be approaching the end times? Oh, how should Christians be approaching the end times? Advice on what to do. Great. Question. Well, the Bible is very clear that, that there are certain symbols and symbolizations and signs that reveals to us in the meantime um, that is the end time, right? And so as believers, we should be diving more deeply into the things of God so that we can be more in tune. People are more rapture ready than they are uh, end times ready. So what I mean by that, people are so looking to be raptured that they're not really uh, uh, focused on the capture. 
how to captivate, capture individuals' minds, capture people's hearts by leadership of the Holy Spirit for them too to also be believers, right? So here's some things a believer should be doing in the meantime while we're in the end times. Number one, you got to say, I got to start uh, minimizing my connections to certain things in life. I got to start asking myself what part of me is connected to this world in any kind of way. I tell people, there's gonna a lot of people are going to be too heavy to be raptured. They're going to be too heavy to be snatched away. They're going to be too heavy because they're going to, they're going to care too much about this world. And so you have to ask yourself, what part of me is too connected to this world system that is going to hinder me from being sensitive enough to be able to seek God's will enough so that I can be able to navigate and still be about my father's business. That's why I tell people, no matter what happens in this end times, the safest place is in the will of God. And so the thing is, if you're unsure about what God's will is for you, in the day-to-day as you enter the end time days, right? Then you got to say, okay, what are some things in my life that I need to remove myself from and become a little bit more in tune with the things of God? Number two, I got to deepen my devotions. I got I to gotta just spend a little bit more time with God. I got to make my life sensitive. I got to make my life small. I got to make my life strategic so that I can be able to hear what God wants me to do. Thirdly, now you got to start uh, making sure... <clears throat> That, that you start forgiving, that you start releasing any toxicity in your heart that's going to keep you from playing your part in these end times. And the rest is just um, discernment. The rest is just um, what should I be and partaker of? What should I engage myself in? And really engaging deeply with the Holy Spirit, which will then help you do those other things. So yes, we're in the end times, but we can also say that just because uh, these end times are a little bit more prevalent, um, these times have happened before. Now, there's some things that when anybody's times happened before, there's been um, plagues. There have been things like this, right? So what I will not want you to do is to get your heart so caught up in fear that you lose sight on what you need to do for God, right? So that's my best advice about approaching. I like the keyword approaching the end times is to acknowledge God more, to become a little bit more self-aware, to examine uh, all the things that I'm anchored into in this world, and then really begin to uh, uh, associate yourself with the body more, with bodies of believers, where the Holy Spirit can say, these are some group of people that can encourage you guys on the way. Great question though. Chantel says, hey coach, I have been applying, I have I have been applying to jobs and I'm receiving rejection after rejection. I don't know what else to do. The Bible talks about um stand and see. Stand and see the salvation. Do all that you can and stand, right? So if you continue to apply, you have to ask yourself, uh uh um am I number one Am I trying to ruffle myself or wrestle myself out of where God wants me to be? Sometimes you are in jobs right now, situations right now that where God has you for a reason. God is your provider. God is your source. Now, if you're in a position where you feel, I don't know if you're in a new, a, without a job or in a, a, without a job or in a job that you don't like, but wherever you are, make sure you don't lose heart. Make sure that you say, okay, while I do have this extra time, let me invest more time and spending time with God. While I do have more time, let me see where I can serve. While I do have more time, let me see if there's any projects, ideas that God wants me to work on, right? Now, if you had a job you don't like, the first thing I'd ask yourself is, God, is this way, do you still want me to be here? There's going to be some places in life that you're not going to want to be, that you're not going to like to be, but you have to be there for a particular purpose. Like for my, uh, um, I can give you my experience. When I was at work at the YMCA, I did not want to work there at a certain time. 
anymore. And then I began to fight against it. And I kept applying for jobs, applying for jobs, applying for jobs. And I couldn't get one till I found out that it must be God's will for me to be here. And then when I began to settle there and blossom there, an opportunity for me to get in the school system came through there, right? What's there, what's there for you has to come through where you are right now, right? But when it comes to rejection, rejection is your protection. Uh, the best job is the job that God has for you. And I promise you, there's not one thing that God has for you that will not find you. You see what I'm saying? Whatever job that God has for you, be encouraged that that job will sprout itself at the right time. The last four jobs that I've had in my life, and I didn't really work that many places. When you talk about the YMCA, um, the school in the public school, and now the private school. So the last three jobs that I worked at all were brought to me while I was blossoming where I was, right? So if you have nothing else to do, then, then find something um, to occupy your idle time. Because what you don't want to do with, un, with with time is to make them idle. Then I, idle time then leads you to become a little bit more in your feelings and whatnot. But the best thing is to say, okay, God, I'm going to keep applying. Do what you need to do in the natural, but begin to put yourself in the spirit and say, I'm going to spend more time with God. I'm going to spend more time. I'm serving my local church. I'm going to spend a little bit more time diving deep inside of me to see what God wants to bring out of me that could possibly create more opportunities. Hope to help. Um, Priscilla says, advice. Uh, let me see. I think he posted something. Uh, okay. Advice on, okay. Advice on withdrawals from your old ways and flesh. Great question. Well, um, withdrawals are a part of the process. Withdrawals are a part of the process. And when you understand that you're having a little bit of withdrawals from your old ways and flesh, then you got to develop certain systems. The one system that you have to develop, and number one, is to really process the beauty of progress, the beauty of being transformed, the beauty of, of who you will become in the process. Visualize it, em embody it, uh, um, process it, right? In a way where you begin to see that the who you're becoming is greater than who you have been, right? And so, but when you're going through withdrawals, now you got to, within that phase, within that process, you got to develop certain systems. Number one, you got to make sure that whatever it is, is not within arm's reach. And what I mean by that is you got to say, okay, what can I bring within my arm's reach that will help me reach towards that instead of that? Now, withdrawals periods can be very dangerous. Uh, and I'm not trying to put doubt in you, but what I would do is, is begin to ask the Holy Spirit, is there any type of person that can hold me accountable? Someone that I can vent to, someone that I can go to, someone that I can really begin to say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need your help. Can I stay with you for the night? Besides the gentleman, right? Is there, is, there, is there someone like that in your life, right? And also you have to understand that we are responsible for putting our flesh into death, like killing our flesh. And you kill your flesh by starving your flesh. Now, when you starve your flesh, you got to say, I got to remove any and everything that was part of my old ways out of my dwelling places. You can't control seeing at the grocery store. You can't control when you're out and about, but you can control it when it's in your house. So whatever it is, start removing those things out of your home. Now, now you just can't starve the flesh and not feed your spirit, man. So what I would do is I would develop a worship playlist. I will start uh, um, getting um, more familiar with my scriptures. I will begin to start serving at my church more. It's, it's good to be a part of a community, or even if it's not even a church community, find a shelter. Find a woman's shelter, find somewhere where you can be planted there that can kind of inspire you to go where God wants you to go, right? But when the withdrawals periods happens, 
there has to be some other extracurricular activities. So let me give you an example for me. When I was struggling with lust and pornography, what immediately what I did was, first off, I had to remove, first I had to get accountability. Second, I had to remove any and everything that can pose as a threat to me to fall in my dwelling place. Number two, I realized that Walmart's open 24 hours. Then I went, I got me a 24-hour um, a, a gym membership. So what I did was when nights got a little tough, I went right to Walmart. If I didn't feel like going to Walmart, I went right to the gym. And what that did was it got endorphins in me. It got things, got my blood circulating. It got uh, me uh, uh, feeling good. Did I even want to do that anymore, right? Those different systems kind of help you when you're going through that withdrawal period. And then what you begin to find that, uh, and lastly, before I finish, you got to be gracious to yourself. I can't guarantee that all these things is going to work uh, uh, perfectly in the beginning. But what you got to do, you got to give grace to yourself. God is not there to condemn you. God is there to help you. God is not there to say, hey, you fell again. No, God's saying, let me pick you back up again. So you have to first be gracious with yourself, gentle with yourself. So that if you do fall, the first thing you got to do before anything I said is be to become very familiar with the gospel of Christ, that he didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that those who receive him might have everlasting life. Right. So when you understand that his omnipresence is not there to condemn you, then when you fall on yourself falling, you won't find yourself deeper into other pockets of sin and then find yourself trying to be delivered from those things within. I hope to help. I rambled. But I hope it was ample amount of information for you. Jennifer says, hey, Josh, I'm getting, what, girl, you getting married? That's what I'm talking about. Congratulations. I'm getting married soon, and we start premarital counseling soon. Should we still continue with couples therapy after we get married? Listen, um, um, whatever resource you think you need, that's what you need, right? Uh, it just all depends. Now, I do think it's a benefit uh, um, to really kind of measure where you are six months after you marry. Having like like you like every time you go you go to a doctor once a year checkups once a year there's nothing wrong with having marital checkups to say hey I we did our due diligence beforehand but like I tell anybody you don't know what you got and you don't know what you're getting in until you in it and until you have it what I mean by that you don't know who you married until you married them right you don't really know them right and so there's a lot to still for you to, for you to learn also you don't know what like one month after me and my wife got married, we got hit with an unexpected situation. So you don't know, No, all marriages are not made the same. You don't know what's going to hit y'all day two, week three, month four, a year five, right? So you have to, it may be wise for you guys to have some check-ins, check-ups to kind of see where y'all are. So I think, I think, um, but let me give you this advice about premarital counseling. Ask, 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 ask a lot of questions. Don't think you know what you, listen, don't think you know anything. Go in there as an empty slate and says, you know what? Hey, any kind of red flags you notice in him, ask questions. Anything you notice, anything in your intuition is making you feel whatever, ask questions, you know, and, and really begin to have those honest questions in your premarital account because those things are beneficial. It saves you from unnecessary headaches. And as far as couples therapy, I'm not sure what couples therapy is. But I think that it's nothing, it's nothing wrong with getting checkups and check-ins just to see if y'all are still, just, to, just in case you have any questions after getting married. But congratulations, girl. I'm happy for you. Stretch Market says, hey, guys, many bless you all. Many bless to you, too. Chantel says, I'm without a job after college to look. Oh, gotcha. Well, 
one thing that you can do is say, if you are in good terms with your mom or dad, I will say, you know, I'm going to move in with them. I'm gonna, uh, if you're good with your mom and dad, then, then it might be good to, for you to move into their path, for you to move in with them so you can save some money, save some uh, anxiety, right? Right? Maybe there's an aunt. Maybe there's an uncle. Maybe not, Well, yeah, maybe there's someone, a family member that you could trust that can say, you know, can I stay with you for a little bit until I get my get myself back on my feet? And you have to understand that the job market out here may be a little difficult, <coughs> maybe a little difficult <coughs> for people fresh out of college because people are probably looking more for experiences. But what I would do is don't necessarily, you know, if money is what you want to get, then then find something that's legit. What I mean by that is it may not be a job in your field, but at least find something within the proximity of your field where you can begin to get your feet wet. Right. And what I mean by that is sometimes people will wait and not get a job until they find a job with their degree that's within their degree sphere. Right. But you don't got to wait till you get a job that's within your degree. You can find something that's out there that's looking for you. And so if that means working at a grocery store, if that means working wherever, uh, um, do that until you're able to find something that I think will will be more uh, tailored to what you're looking for. But one thing I would tell you as a college student, I would go ahead and see if you can move back home and, and, and see if you can save some money there. Thank you so much, Shy M. Michelle Miller, thank you. Thank you. Amen. Blossom where you're at until God moves you to something better. That's right. Always blossom. Because if you can't blossom where you don't want to be, you're not going to blossom where you want to be. If you can't blossom where you don't want to be, you're not going to be blooming or blossoming where you uh, desire to be. Woodland says, I'm just searching for clarity. I've asked him if we can communicate in his response where I'm just sitting, I'm sitting things out. We have two opposing views. Can you please get clear on that? Let me see if I missed your first question, Woodland. I didn't see your first question. Woodland, was there a first part of your question? Okay, I don't think so. I'm just searching for clarity. I've asked him. Okay, I can, I can make sense of this. I'm just searching for clarity. I've asked him if we can communicate, and his response were, I'm just sitting things out. We have two opposing views. Can you please go clear? Well, the Bible says, can two walk together lest they agree? Now, what are you all disagreeing on? If any, any disagreement on any foundational principle is going to leave you in a, in a situation you don't want to be in, right? And so if you're confused right now, the Bible says God's not the author of confusion. I always say he's the author of clarity. The Bible says where there is confusion is every evil work, right? And if he is refusing to communicate, <clears throat> then, then he's really not trying to assimilate. I think assimilate is the right word. Assimilate. <laughs> I'll be throwing. Sometimes you got to just check. I think assimilate. Assimilate. Well, it sounds good to me. <clears throat> so <clears throat> what I'm saying is, is that number one, man, if y'all got opposing views, let me see if you say anything else about your butcher question. Yes, that was it. Okay, gotcha. <clears throat> well, let me tell you something. God's not the author of confusion, author of clarity. God is going to make sure all of his children are very clear on what to do in his life. Anytime you have any confusion, that means there's going to be some type of evil infused in it. It's going to be something that's going to contradict what God wants for you. 
And if he's not trying to communicate, anytime someone's unwilling to communicate, there is a potential there's hiding state that individual is hiding something, right? Right. Or or it could just mean on the flip side that they're looking for a better time to communicate. But either way, a woman always have the right to ask where the ship is sailing towards, to ask what's going on, right? And if he says, I'm just sitting things out, then 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 let him sit and then go do what you know what you need to do. You see what I'm saying? And so if you have two opposing views on fundamental, foundational, faith-centered things, then my friend, you're not going to be able to go anywhere because the Bible says, how can two walk together in unison unless they agree? And so if y'all got opposing views on certain foundational things, then it may just be one of those things where you just count your losses and then and then let God redeem the time and be about um, what God wants you to do. Hope to help. Ghetto Fly says, when you have a unique anointing over your life, most of your life seems, most of your life seems like no one understands your favor, even family. Why do I feel alone and beyond misunderstood to where even relationships fail? Well, the higher you are in calling or in anointing, then you have to understand that you have to wait for certain appointings, all right? The higher the anointing, the more strategic the appointings. And what I mean for that, God has specific individual, individual that he has graced for you. Listen, you're talking to someone that has been misunderstood his whole life. So I'm, I'm familiar with this. And one thing that I realized was that I, I need to stop trying to choose for me because I just can't settle for what's compatible with me. See, I have to, I, have, I had to understand that I had to marry someone chosen for me. I had to go to a church that was chosen for me. I had to be friends with people that was chosen for me. It didn't matter who was compatible with me. It didn't work in the long term because it wasn't chosen for me because my calling was more specific than everybody else's to a degree, right? And so I got over the alone phase and I got over feeling misunderstood. And then I began to stand on the fact that I'm unique. I'm chosen. I'm not called. I'm one of a kind. I'm God's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm one of God's uh, um, um, people that he wants to use in a different way. Not a better way, just a different way. It's difference. I'm not, my calling, one thing I had to realize, you have to realize is that your calling or your uniqueness is not better than somebody else's. It's just different. The, the Marines and the SEALCON 6 are, in this, are serving the same country. They're just different. The Marines are not better than the, than the Army. The Army is not better than the Navy. They are just skilled at different things and are required to do things that are greater. But one is not better than the other. They're just different. And what you have to do, you have to embrace your difference and then maximize where you are. And what I would do is say, okay, now that I'm alone, God probably did it on purpose to remove voices and opinions out your life for you to begin to say, okay, God, here am I. What do you need for me to do? Once you get over the idea of being alone and start seeing the benefit of being alone, and then you get over the, the, the whole thoughts of being misunderstood and then realize that it's, that it's okay to be misunderstood that relationships are going to fail. Now you have the opportunity to invest in relationships that will prevail. And that's relationship with God, relationship with yourself so that you will be a even greater anointing. So when you'll be positioned and ready for the appointings, the man that he has appointed for you, the church, the old community he's appointed for you to serve, whatever that may be. But when you got a unique anointing and you're different and you're chosen, the Bible says many are called, few are chosen. That's what comes with the process. That's what comes with the journey. And that's what I had to accept as well. 
And so you feel alone because you haven't really fundamentally understood why God has made you unique and why things are different for you. And in the process of that, you just got to accept it and then grow with it. So I know exactly what you're feeling because I felt it before. Now it's different because I realize how serious the calling is for me. You're so welcome, Priscilla. Oh, y'all saying congratulations, Jennifer. Congratulations, girl. I'm happy for you. Uh, she says, oh, thank you, everybody. I'm so excited. We're excited for you. <clears throat> That's right. Starting in home business. Yes. Yeah. Lilo says, hey, coach, what do you do when work is making gotcha? Well, one, two things is going to happen. If God wants you there, they will make provisions for you. So what I would do is I will see if you can apply for a religious exemption letter. Do that first. And if they, hey, if they say they can't make provisions for you, then that means your time there is up. But God is a provider. God did it for me. I don't have to, I didn't have to worry about that decisions making. See, one thing about walking with God, you don't necessarily have to worry about making certain decisions. One thing that I learned that he is good at making decisions, I let him make the decisions. I let him pick the job. I let him pick the wife. I let him pick everything that's a part of my, my life. I let him pick it. That makes me be at a place of ease. But the pickings that I'm supposed to do is picking the right spots, picking the right times for me to do what I need to do according to what God wants me to do. But when it comes to that job, do what you can, because if it's meant for you to still be there, they will look out for you. If if it ain't, if they're not going to look out for you, then God has something else for you. One thing that I learned is it doesn't matter what a company or a country does. If you're very good at what you do, they'll make they'll make adjustments for you because they know is I rather I rather give you what you need than to lose you and miss out on what I need from you. So what I would do is, is don't don't stress about it. God's your provider. God's your source. And God will have a job right there lined up for you that will be even 10 times better than what you are, are in right now. Hope to help. Michelle Miller says, I only want what's chosen for me. And God knows, I'm telling you, let God do the decision making. Let's see here. Not better, just different. That keeps you humble. That keeps you from the fumble. See, I need to stay humble so I don't fumble. So that's why I keep that mindset. Stay humble so you don't fumble. People fumble their marriages. They fumble their children. They fumble opportunities because they're not humble with the opportunity they have at the moment. So my advice is stay humble so you don't fumble. Chris says, hey, coach, how to get out of a root disconnect? I've put some weight on. My previous achievements are just natural and more is required for me. Great question. Um, a rut. I think that's what you meant. Is that what you meant, fam? A rut. Y'all know words mean a lot to me. I want to make sure I'm getting. Hey, coach, how do I get out of a rut or disconnect? Okay, I've put some. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Hey, coach, how to get out of a rut or a disconnect? I've put some weight on. My previous achievements are just natural and more is required. Great. I understand. I'm there right now, losing weight myself. Last year was a heavy year for me. Therefore, I put on some pounds and life happens. You know what I'm saying? And so when you understand that, you will be gracious with yourself. You will be gentle with yourself. And then you will begin to have a better 
um, perspective, a better uh, uh, um, uh, joy about you to face what you're facing, right? So you get out of the rut by realizing that I don't have to make something temporary permanent. You don't have to, you know, uh, get so caught up in what happened to you or what rut you in. Let's say, okay, what was this rut? What did? What can I learn from this rut? What can I learn from this season? Because if you can learn from a season, you can earn from a season. But the issue is, many people rather burn from their past decision, decision, causing them not to earn from their decision, right? And so, what I've learned in life is that okay, it makes sense on why I gain weight. Because a lot of things happened. I got heavier. Responsibilities got heavier. I was finding my balance. I was finding my adjustment. In a process, you're going to gain some weight. Now that God's grace got me through, now that I'm back more stable, I can make the adjustments, right? All you got to do is assess, adjust, and advance. Assess. Why did? How did you get in this rut? Why are you in this rut? Where? What caused the disconnect? Where is the disconnect? Then make the adjustments and then have amnesia. Forget about it so that you can advance, right? So, yeah, you like right now, I'm, do y'all know that I'm almost, I'm about 80% done with my ninth book and I just put out another, I put up my last book out in October. So what I'm saying is that I don't have time to dwell on something. What I mean by that is I can't dwell on how heavy last year was and woe is me. I got to make that just so God can get more books out of me. I'm coming out with another book in a card game, Lord willing, coming out in February. So what I'm saying is that in order for me to get to my next achievement, I got to assess, adjust, and advance so that I can continue to uh, um, uh, accelerate in the things that God is requiring me. And so if you know that more is required, then you got to develop certain regimens that's going to make you the right fit physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually to be able to handle it. My wife and I are looking to have children this year. So I already got to make sure that I'm legit. I got to already make sure that I'm that I'm fit, right? I already, I already got to make sure. And so you got to define, uh, that when you define, then you can design. Mm. If you can, once you can define what it is that you want to do, now you can design who you need to be to accomplish what you need to do eventually. And then the weight will start cutting off because your why is greater than the what? Great question. I hope to help. Michelle Miss said, that's good because a lot of people beat themselves up about their weight when it may be something much deeper than just the physical. That's right. Usually the reason why we gain weight, and I tell people this, um, I can be 260 pounds and weigh heavier than someone 180 pounds. Your physical weight is not your only weight. Somebody that's 180 something pounds can can be uh, heavier, like I said, than someone three, 400 pounds because of the emotional weight, the mental weight, the spiritual weight, the spiritual weight, the heaviness that they have allowed their calling to be, the heaviness they allow themselves to be emotionally and mentally, that, that people may be heavy in physical weight, but they're heavier. See, only God can really weigh your full weight. Only God can weigh your full weight. And some people right now are heavier than what's on the scale. And that's what's keeping them from them from them from prevailing, right? Or scaling up, up the hill <clears> or <throat> whatever area that God wants them to scale up because they're heavier, more, they're more heavier than what they see on the scale. And it's keeping them from scaling up the things that God wants to bring them up towards. 
So we have to assess what is the emotional weight, because I promise you, if you lose the emotional weight and you lose the mental weight, you'll lose your physical weight. Hope to help. Let me see. That makes sense. I appreciate the wisdom. God gets the glory. Uh, time for two more and I got to go. Swaggy D says, how do you know when you met the right one? When you've been in front of the right one. And what I mean by this, the, the right one is always the one that's right in front of you. That's right on the inside of the Holy Spirit, right? I always say you got to put things first. If you don't know God, you won't know yourself. If you don't know yourself, you won't know what you're called to do. If you don't know what you're called to do, you won't know who's going to be called to you. Big difference. If you don't know who God is, you won't become familiar for what is of God. See, the thing is, I want to be a man of God. Of means that I am also made of the same things of that's made of him. I'm of him. I mean, I got his spirit inside of me. My characteristics are like his. I'm of him. See, a lot of people are men in God, not man of God. A lot of women are women in God, but not women of God. What I mean by that, they're in God, because the Bible says in him that we live, move and have our being, but they're not of him. They're in it, but they're not of it. They're in him. They're in his presence. They're in church. They're in Christianity, quote unquote, but they're not of him. See, 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 when you're of something, you always end up above something, right? And so what I mean by that is there's a lot of people who are men in God, women in God, but not men and women of God. And when you're of something, you'll know what's from something because everything that's from them is familiar. Amazon package don't have UPS stickers on them. Ooh. Amazon package don't have UPS stamps on them. It didn't come from UPS. It didn't come from the United States Postal. It didn't come from there. It came from Amazon. So when you see those Amazon boxes, you know that it's from what you ordered because you ordered from Amazon.com. So if you're not familiar with it in the processing and looking for it and seeking the will of God, then you won't even know if it's of God. And how many people are picking UPS boxes but can't get up? They're not, they're not picking up what's from the place that they ordered from. So in order for you to know who the right one is, you got to be of the right one. You have to be of the light one, the one, the light, the light that exposes, that changes you, that maneuvers you, that grows you and matures you. And then you will know who you are. Because when you know who you are, then you won't be with, you won't just settle for anything. You won't be like, I know who I am. I know whose I am. And if when you begin to know your worth and your value, you would take however long. Listen, it didn't matter how long I had away from my wife. I knew who I was. A lot of women, no matter what women wanted me, no matter what women was around me, I know for a fact I had to wait for the one for me because I know the value of me. And I knew I just couldn't be with just anybody because, <clears throat> because I'm called to something amazing. I'm called to something powerful. And power has to match power, or I'm not going to be able to meet and be in a position of the hour that God wants me to really shine. So you have to be a man of God to see what's from God. And so you'll know who you are in God, of God, and then you'll begin to say, I know what my purpose is. And when you know your purpose, then you will be a little bit more sensitive and aware to know who your person is. See, I met my wife while doing my purpose. That, that ain't that I didn't meet her at a grocery store. I'm telling you, 
Most of the things that you're going to get from God, you're going to get it while you're in the purpose of God. I'm telling you, people want, they, you, you might not meet, you. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, most people who are married to the one God has for them probably met them while they were in purpose. Probably met them while they was on purpose, in purpose, living for a purpose. That's what people met at the gym. People met at this organization. People met while while on a mission trip. People met. They met. They met while they was in the mission field. And so what I'm saying is, is that when you know who God is and then you begin to know that you're that you're developing to a man of God and then you begin to start doing things for God, then you will meet God's daughter for you or husband for you, for the ladies out there. And then you'll know because when you know him, you'll know her. I think I have time for one more. Um, I hear in my spirit. That's it, Josh. I love you all. I pray this was a blessing to you. I pray that y'all got something from it. And I'm so sorry, man. I know, I know, I know, I know. Thank you. Thank you, Swaggy D. God gets the glory. Um, I better go before I look at y'all's other questions. <laughs> but thank you all so much for joining me. Um, on this live. If you watch for the very first time, make sure you subscribe. If you need one-on-one coaching, if you need my help in any kind of way, let me know what your budget is and I'll see what I can do for you. If you got pre-engagement, uh, relationship, you need relationship uh, coaching, pre-engagement coaching, engagement coaching, marital coaching, whatever it is, let me know. I got you. If you need a little bit uh, better understanding and developing your relationship with God, I got you on that. If you're single, you're like, man, coach, I'm tired. I want to learn how I can maximize my singleness and find my person, my purpose, so I can find my person. Let me know. If you need help with branding, marketing, business, entrepreneurship, ministry, support, and help, let me know. I'll help you with that as well. Make sure you check out my latest book, The Wholeness Journal. Are you whole enough to hold the important things of life? Great book right there to help you on your wholeness journey. Also, I got a card game. The first one who spelled whole wins, a fun interactive card game. For those people to really, for people to really discuss and have activities to understand what it means to be whole. <clears throat> um, I got another book called The Purpose of Singleness. So the, a great book of resource for you to begin to understand what it means to be single, what it means to be whole, what it means to maximize your single season. Great book there. Got a book called Dating Prep. I'm also going to be working probably at the end of this year or next year, uh, Dating Prep Part 2. I got some other ideas on this, but it's a book to help you date God, date yourself and become dateable so you can take the love of your life forever. It has a lot of questions in it that will either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right relationship. Great book there. If you struggle with soul ties and strongholds, I got a new book, another book, not a new one, The Purpose of Freedom. Just like that bird whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Jesus' only obligation is to open the door for freedom. You have to then fly in freedom. So uh, this book talks about how to untie soul ties, uproot strongholds. Great book there. If you are struggling with uh, discerning what the will of God for your life when it comes to purpose, when it comes to a man or a wife or a husband or a job or whatever, great book to help you really understand how God confirms things. Also got a great children's book called It Says, Asians for the Students I Serve or Wise Sayings, Points for the Students I Serve. Great book there. And if you're struggling with uh, spiritual warfare, a great book here called War to War Me, uh, How to Win the War Within, How to Better Understand the Whole Armor of God, etc., etc. We also got T-shirts available on my website. All these, watch out, culture. All these are available right now on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Also, if you just want to give and support what you what I do, you guys' generosity it blows my mind. Thank y'all so much. 
uh, for your generosity. Uh, um, you guys are helping us create mentoring, uh, help with our mentoring programs. We're helping a lot of young people uh, find their purpose and tap into it. Or if you just want to support and feel led to give, we'll appreciate it. Or just want to support what I do online, we'll appreciate your support in advance. I love you all. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. God gets the glory. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. I'll be doing more lives now that I'm back, back at it. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.